Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Andy Puzder is the former CEO of CKE Restaurants, the company that oversees fast food chain Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Andy offers a unique perspective into the historic inflation we're currently experiencing, and we're happy to have him on to discuss. Andy Puzder, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Steve. Thank you. Andy, the president has just said the pain that we're seeing in the economy uh, right now uh, and that we're feeling is due to international factors. Uh, is that the case, or is there something we could be doing to change the current trajectory? Well, if you listen to people speaking from the international community, particularly the, particularly the international financial community, they would all tell you that the problem is that the world currency is the dollar and that the dollar has in strength, is strengthened incredibly uh, because of the Fed needing to increase interest rates uh, to drive demand down so we could address the issue of inflation in the United States. So as the world's largest economy and as the world's currency, what happens in the United States makes uh, a lot more difference apparently than than President uh, Biden wants to acknowledge. Now, our, our economy is driving the problems we're having internationally. Now, the Ukraine certainly isn't helping, uh, but things like uh, the shortage of, uh, of oil and natural gas is obviously due to domestic policy. So we, we, the United States bears a lot of responsibility here, and the president ought to just fess up to it and try and find solutions to the problems instead of denying that they exist and going out and getting ice cream. Economist uh, Stephen Moore and E.J. Antoni uh, just penned an article in the New York Post stating the average American has lost $34,000 uh, since the economy started to shift. Uh, are folks getting that, that we're preparing to retire having to uh, reconsider? Uh, yes, they are. And I, I think the American people understand this. They're, uh, they, obviously, if you look at the polling, they're going to react to what's going on in the economy uh, come the next election. And James Carville said back in 1992 when President Clinton was running for office, uh, he made the, the motto of that campaign, the campaign slogan, uh, it's the economy, stupid. And in this case, it clearly is the economy. It's going to affect people that are retiring, but it, it's, it's affecting young people as well. This is an economy where people can't afford to drive like they're used to driving. They can't afford to eat like they're used to eating. These kinds of things are important. You can't feed your family or take them where you want to take them, when you want to take them. In the United States, that uh, that, that says that something different's going on, and I think people are upset with what, where we are today. Speaking of eating, everyone loves Hardee's and uh, Carl's Jr. You were the CEO of CKE Restaurants. Uh, what effect does this type of inflation that we're seeing have on the uh, restaurant industry? Well, it depends upon the sector. If you're, if you're a high-end restaurant chain, uh, you're probably gonna lose some business. Uh, but people may trade down to low to the quick service, less expensive uh, restaurant chains. Uh, people, uh, companies in the middle, like you know, for example, a Chili's or a TJI Fridays. These are the kinds of restaurant chains that uh, that that will also lose business as people trade down to quick service. So it depends on what sector you're in. The the big problem for uh, the quick service sector, which is generally less expensive and something people would gravitate to when when there's economic difficulties. The problem is they're having a high, hard time hiring uh, people to come in and work in the restaurant. So they're not open uh, the hours they'd like to be and they're not providing the kind of service they'd like to provide. And commodity costs are way up. So even, even the quick service restaurant chains aren't all that ex inexpensive anymore. You go into even a Taco Bell or um, a Kentucky Fried Chicken, some of the lower end 
in the quick service sector. And uh, even even a meal there becomes expensive because proteins are expensive. Everything everything's up. Delivering uh, energy costs being up that that raises delivery costs and that affects the cost of every product you buy. No matter the store, no matter the restaurant, uh, you're going to be hit by this inflation and restaurants are getting hit like everybody else. So true. Uh, Andy Puzder, thank you so much. Pleasure, Steve. Thank you. And big tech company Apple is freezing plans to use memory chips from a Chinese semiconductor company. Apple had originally planned to start using chips from the Chinese state-funded company as early as this year, but only for iPhones that were being sold inside of China. The freeze follows the U.S. government's latest tightening of export restrictions against China. Washington is attempting to cut American reliance on China's technology and protect U.S. national security. New U.S. restrictions of Chinese tech exports are also impacting American executives who hold top positions in China's chip industry. They help Chinese manufacturers develop microchips and compete with foreign industries. The tighter rules now prohibit U.S. citizens from supporting China's advanced chip development. According to the Wall Street Journal, at least 43 senior executives working in 16 publicly listed Chinese semiconductor companies are U.S. citizens. They may be faced with choosing between U.S. citizenship and their jobs for China's big tech industry. And how did China become a powerful player in the chip making industry? We have Professor Michael Pecht from the University of Maryland here to discuss Chinese semiconductors and what challenges the U.S. is facing. Professor Michael Peck, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Good to be here. Professor, just how has China's semiconductor and electronic industry in general become such a behemoth and essentially a monopoly? Um, I think it's in part due to the offshoring from the U.S. and, and in part from Japan, uh, where uh, we had, I guess, a leadership with TI, National Semiconductor, IBM, and, and other companies. And then those people slowly went to Taiwan and set up the TSMC and other foundries. And then slowly that's moved over to mainland China as well with SMIC and other companies. And what has you most concerned about China's uh, electronics industry? Is it competition? Is it national security combination? Uh, there's probably that combination. Um, and supply chain management is going to be an issue, of course, in the future as well. And do you think the recently passed uh, CHIPS Act will put uh, a dent in any of this? I think it's going to take quite a while. Um, e even with the CHIP Act, it's going to take three to four years uh, to build the facilities, and then it's going to take longer uh, to get the technology up to speed. I personally believe that what we, what might be best for the United States would be to uh, pay a lot of money and get TSMC over here in the U.S., maybe in Austin or New York, someplace like that. You mentioned uh, supply chain. We often hear about uh, how the pandemic exposed supply chain issues or how we need to be more energy independent uh, for national security reasons. Um, I guess my question is, is there a clear path to mobilize government uh, to get the U.S. on the right track with regard to chip manufacturing in the U.S.? Um, I think it's gonna be tough for the U.S. right now. Uh, again, I think the 
companies like Intel are, are behind. Uh, and really, we depend quite heavily in terms of security and, and the military issues, as well as just regular high technology components on TSMC. So it's going to be quite difficult. Now, are there loopholes that China uses to acquire military restricted components from the U.S. Uh, for uh, China or the People's Liberation Army? Um, there's lots of loopholes. And um, when you think about components that go to China to be made into products like computers and iPhones and everything else, uh, those products can always be, you know, siphoned off the components. Um, plus there's other sources through Singapore, India, there's, there's a lot of other opportunities to get components. Now this is kind of veering off a little bit. Um, just want to get your thoughts. Electronic devices from smoke detectors to microwaves uh, with Chinese components or Chinese made, uh, from what Intel sources say can act as essentially listening de devices, uh, is this of a concern to you? Uh, it's That's not only a concern, but there's also a concern with uh, other kinds of counterfeit parts and uh, we call Trojan horses that can be embedded in to not only the microelectronics, but into the circuit boards themselves as well. Professor Michael Peck, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.